Hello. So today we are joined by Rin Jones. I know Rin from Trinity. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but um, you're one of the first people I remember meeting at Trinity. I I think it was during like blueprints, which is like the weekend before um, before college starts, and then everyone's just kind of together and trying to figure things out. And um, I was obviously a freshman, and I just felt very very out of place. And I was like, oh, I, I want to like it here, but oh, I don't feel like I fit. And I remember standing behind you in line for something and you just turned around and introduced yourself. And we had just a very short, but lovely conversation. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. This will be fine. And so I, I always remember your welcoming presence and, um, have always appreciated our sporadic conversations. And I'm so glad that you were willing to do this interview today. That's so sweet. And thank you that's so affirming because honestly I do remember you from freshman orientation but what I just perseverated on I think for all these years is like there's something called the UP (laughs) (laughs) what is that like I never knew that was a thing like you knew that was a thing you knew Michigan had a weird nugget but like what (laughs) so yeah that's what I remember. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're not alone in that. Most people don't know about the weird nugget. I love that term. I've never heard that term before, but I will be using it <laughs> from now on because it's very accurate. Um, so you are joining us today. Please let me know any, please let us know any type of context that would be helpful for our listeners for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like in general context. Yeah. Who, who are I you? Am? Um, I'm a dumbass, first and foremost. <laughs> um, but um, I would like to think I'm someone who's really passionate about just helping people. Um, and I think in all things, I just really, really try to make sure people know they're loved and they're cared for. Um, and so, I mean, that's through my profession as a teacher. Um, that's through the various volunteer things that I do in my community like even down to the community that I live in I'm very intentional about wanting to live with people who need people mm-hmm. I don't want to live in like a cushy area where like you know everyone's like oh I'm self-made I got this yeah. no I want to you know if my neighbor comes over and she's like I need you to watch my kid for three minutes like okay bet hey what's mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of that's the context of me and who I am I love that yeah I think it's Something that I've been struggling with moving to a city is just being like, no one knows their neighbors here. No one really can rely on people to be right there. They just kind of hire some help. And that's been something that's weird for me to get used to and something I'm trying to move away from um, in my own community. But it's hard when culturally that's not the norm. So I love that that's something you're really prioritizing because I think that's super valuable. Yeah. Um, what kind of faith background do you come from and how does faith work into that viewpoint for you? Yeah. So I, I would say, and I I think family members would probably disagree, um, (laughs) but on like probably internally, they would be like, yeah, she right. But like Mm -hmm. externally they'd be like, no, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So my family is culturally Christian. Okay. Um, you know, I, when I was little, we never went to church. That was never a thing. There weren't like Bible stories, but if like somebody was sick, it was like, Oh, we claim the blood of Jesus. And it was just kind of like, who's that? <laughs> um, and so, and like my grandma would take us to church on Easter and um, Christmas and like those things. And we went to church when like we could look cute and look mm. like, you know, like the trophies, like, oh yeah, these are my yeah. grandkids. These are, you know, mm. um, but no, I had no like understanding of church or anything like that. Um, and I was saved, which I'm not comfortable with that jargon anymore, but um, I was saved Um, my freshman year of high school and that wasn't even like at a church or anything that was just me kind of in the throes of my own personal depression and Mm -hmm. wanting to unalive myself a lot um that I was just like people keep talking about this Jesus name let me give it a try and just kind of in the midst of that emptiness was like I'm gonna pray to Jesus but um and this is where for me I feel like my experience and even now where I am in my faith um, is different. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I found peace and refuge, not in a church, not in any specific place or any person. I wasn't led to that, um, but it was solely me, you know, just kind of like in my brokenness. And again, I hate using like this Christianese language, but me in like a really bad place And I kind of called out to a faith that I knew of and found peace and hope in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from there, there's all these weird kind of um, just like weird things that happened that just kind of like led me to churches, led me to people uh, within Christianity um, and kind of like really supported me in loving myself and like overcoming all those challenges that I had. Um, And so like, I kind of fell into Christianity upon um, reaching out to um, Jesus, quote unquote, God figures and things like that. Um, And so, yeah, but like within that, I think anyone who had like deep church experiences are very pro like, um, you know, like they get on fire really, really quick. And so again, my family is culturally Christian, but then all of a sudden when I was in high school, I became like actually Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of ostracized me in a lot of ways. So that was kind of like the foundations of my faith. Um, Yeah. And it, it's, it was unique to a lot of people. And I think in a lot of ways that kind of led to me like, where do I fit in all this? But I'm going to try my best. So yeah. yeah, you're kind of in between two camps in that. Yes. Hard. When you were in that quote unquote brokenness, if you want to use that term, mm-hmm. um, but just in that very, very dark place, um, did that feel like a very authentic experience for you? Or was it something that was forced and you were like, I'm just going to try this out and see what's happening or what what was that like for you at that time? Yeah, so um so all of it was very genuine. Mm. I'll say for me. Um just because um within my family mental health challenges are strongly prevalent. 
Um, so like I was no exception to it. And so first, like the depression that I experienced, um, that, that deep darkness that I experienced. Um, and I mean, like that was for as long as I could remember, like, Mm. um, my earliest attempt of trying to unalive myself was when I was like in kindergarten, like it, it was deep and it's serious. And like, for me, my, like in my head, I, I never really thought of like really graduating high school. Like I was like, I'm not going to make it there anyway, but I'm gonna try my best. Like, so that if I do, then like, you know, I'll be successful in life and things like that. I had these goals that I never really tried to reach. And so like, I was constantly just, and even now I always felt like I had a very intimate relationship with death and like, just that notion. Like I always just wanted to be closer to death, you know, and not even like in like a even literal way sometimes, but just like in a, dare we say, spiritual way. But I just felt like I want to know what's on the other side of life. Um, And so like, yeah, it, it plagued me even if we want to say that. Um, And so like, I can sympathize so much with people who still struggle with those things but that's where I got to the point where I was just like either I'm going to see what's on the other side of life or something's going to change Mm. and like because I made so many failed attempts and so when it came down to I was like yo I'm in or I'm out like (laughs) if it's up to me I'm out what's up um And that's where I was just like, you know, I'm going to try this Jesus thing. My grandma had a little Bible for me. I opened up my Bible. I knew the Christian network. I turned that on, had my two little Jesus songs. It was like a current Franklin something. It was like, you know, the fun Christian songs that like were on my iPod. Um, (laughs) And like, oh my God, an iPod. I haven't said that in so long. (laughs) Right? What? What is that? We're really doing a throwback. I know. But I was just like, let me try this God thing. Um, I don't want to go into like testimony or whatever, but I will say like from that, for one, I didn't harm myself. Like I was fully planning on it. And then just a few months after that, I firmly realized like, Hey, I haven't had any of those thoughts Mm. in a long time. Like since that night, I hadn't had any thoughts of harming myself. And so I was like, there has to be something to, this God thing that I tried. Um, and that's kind of what led me in. And that's where I like got involved in churches and a whole bunch of other things. Um, and that in that moment, in those spaces, all of it was so very genuine and very real because at the root of it, at the end of the day, the plague of desiring death was gone. Mm. And like, it was a new world for me and it still is like, thankfully. Um, but like I had hope and not even like, just like the Christianese, like hope, but like I was actually happy for once in my life. Um, and I don't attribute that to like a church or to people. I attribute it to the spiritual encounter that I had, um, and that encounter and that basis was everything. I was like, you know, I had this incredible experience where I cared for myself for once. Um, 
And then I was just like, I, I'm going to take this little experience. And I'm going to give it to this church and, you know, maybe they'll help me and all this mm. stuff. Um, and so I, to answer your question, I, all of it was very genuine and authentic and I, I can still sympathize and feel for people who are in the throes of those things. Um, so, yeah. I'm so glad you had that as a resource for you at that time that you needed it. What was it like for you to go towards more Christian communities, like churches and youth groups, et cetera, even just like the culture shock of going into that, if you hadn't really grown up in that environment? Yeah. So it felt, it felt, I'm trying to think of like a not cliche way to say it, but (laughs) for one, okay. So my family, um, single mother house, single parent household with just my mother. Um, I have an older brother. Um, but like, again, my family is pretty darn toxic and, you know, we just had like cultural Christianity, cultural faith and like everything, all interactions and relationships were pretty shallow. Um, so then like, getting involved in churches or even I'll use this as an it's not even an example it happened but I had like mysteriously like stumbled upon like salvation if we want to say all that um like I want to say it was around January but that March my aunt who my mom never let me speak to my mom was always just like she's crazy we don't rock with them people but then my aunt calls me on my personal cell phone and I was like hey do you want to come to church with me and I was just like what (laughs) like my mom told me I can't talk to you you know but then I started going to church and I felt connected and I felt cared for and I was around emotionally stable people for the first time in my life um and it felt like (laughs) it felt like a whole new world like you know (laughs) it felt like that it was like this is what life is supposed to be like I'm supposed to be like in bible study with people I'm supposed to you know like it was just the first place that I had healthy interactions um and so it was it was interesting and even along with that I literally met a whole other side of my family that my mother never allowed us access to and so like my literal family expanded as well as like now this Christian family and then friends outside of you know places just school or whatever I had church friends now um and we went to Christian camps and all this kind of I had so many wonderful experiences and new experiences just by like connecting to a church so yeah yeah that sounds really good and really, do you feel like it was very healthy at that time? It sounds very healthy. I think big picture, yes, mm. but small picture, no. <laughs> there there were several specific situations where I was like, this is not cool. I'm not happy. Mm. Um, one thing in like in hindsight, it was great, but you know, they say like, come as you are, but I would come in booty shorts and they're like, no, you need to go home and change. I was like, <laughs> never well, mind. We you... didn't mean that <laughs> exactly. as, as long as it's modest. Exactly. I was, and so like stuff like that, mm. that for one helped me kind of know how to dress and know how to like 
navigate social settings without just like being you know like tits out (laughs) (laughs) um and so like but in the moment like I don't think they were loving me and caring for me because if I was having a bad day you just told me to go home and change well guess what I'm not coming back right um and so I think macro yes it was really healthy for me it helped me you know for one helped me network gave me so much access to things that um, really helped me grow as an individual into the adult that I am now. Mm-hmm. But even at a smaller scale, that kind of indoctrination also did a lot. Um, and yeah, I think some of that was really destructive. What are some ways that you felt like you needed to change in order to be well received or liked in the church? Yeah, so, hmm. Um, so I I can talk to this more about, um, within the experience at Trinity, Mm, um, go for it. Yeah. Because prior to college, my Christian spaces were primarily black. Mm. And so there was, you know, it was, it was come as you are within parameters, um, and like, again, because I was like, so like, oh yeah, I want to do this Christian thing. I was like, I'm going to a Christian college, even though I had like full ride scholarships to other places that like, not looking mm-hmm. at my student loan down, like should have done that shit. <laughs> um, but That's I was real. like, no, I want to be where Jesus is. So let me go here. Um, but when I got to that shitty ass Christian college, um, I thought like, we're all the same. Like I thought like, I'm going to be cared for here because these are Christian people. Um, but like, no, no, I, I was never enough once it was white Christian people. Um, I was never enough once it was like people who have been raised in the church and their parents were raised in the church and their grandparents were raised in the church. And for me to just be like this lowly person who got saved after trying to off myself, um, I just didn't fit in. Um, And even like in one of the theology classes, one of the basic theology classes, um, the professor was like, okay, turn to the story of David and Goliath. And I was like, yeah, what page is that on? <laughs> like, where are you guys turning to? And they're like, every Bible is different. I was just like, how do I find this page? Like, and yeah. literally had to stop class and like ask, where where do I find that? And that professor was super sweet. And like, he kept teaching, but he came over and like found it in my Bible for me. Um, but for one, being a black girl at that school, big no-no um like instantly ostracized um and even just dealing with fake people um so like if if my hair was in a specific way and I think at that part at that time I was still wearing perms and things like that so my hair was straight and nice um if I wasn't dressing a certain way I've always been a bit thicker and it's just like oh no like you can't do that and you can't do this and it just didn't feel like I fit the mold that was these skinny Dutch girls um And like, I didn't care about the things that they cared about, um, but they also did not care about the things that I cared about. But to fit in, I had to do the things that they liked. Um, What were some examples of those things? 
Holy cow. Um, <laughs> um, what was that stupid, um, the thing where they throw the ball into the net and you like, was it spike ball? Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. What's that thing? Um, <laughs> what else? Um, all the like Christian songs for one. Yeah. Like I didn't know what Hill song was. Mm. What, um, what else? Oh my gosh. I remember this group of white girls who were like, oh my God, Karen, can you teach us how to twerk? I was like, yeah, it's not that hard. Like, what's up? Um, and they're like, they used me for learning how to twerk. But then when it was like one of their birthday parties, like they didn't invite me. And they said they were just like staying in for the night, but they like went out somewhere and like did all this cool stuff. And it's just like, okay. And probably we're twerking without you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But there were so many things that were like, what can we get from you? Um, And then not include you in the things that we enjoy. You know, it was like, it only mattered if it benefited them. Um, Yeah. And even just, that like that's the specific people that we were at school with but even as a system even as a system within the college as a whole um I think you know when I was an RA I had the worst experience ever yeah you did worst time um but that was because I solely felt like um they were just like she's willing to do this and she helps our diversity quota. Um, but didn't care when like racist things happened to me, when my residents did racist things towards me, didn't care to hear my perspectives and matters. Um, didn't care to like help me as I supported this, um, the girls that were on my floor, they did not care about anything. And I was literally told you have to fake it till you make it. Mm. I was just like, no, it was terrible. I literally almost dropped out the year that I was an RA and literally went back into like the throes of depression, which mm. I had escaped for for so many years up until that point, mm. um, but felt so worthless, so unwanted. Um, and literally, I remember going to the dean and it's just like, I quit being RA. He's like, you can't, you signed a contract, like either uh. drop out, but you can't quit. Um, yeah, it was just like so, so terrible. And so all of those things were to just try to fit into the space yeah. and it, like repeatedly time after time, it was like, you don't fit here, but you can benefit us. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really hard. Yeah, of course. Wanting, I guess, what were you, what were your expectations before you were a black woman in leadership at Trinity what were your expectations versus reality during that year? Yeah. Or I guess Um, what were you hoping for from the institution? I was hoping for respect, Mm. you know? Um, I think that's like the best theme is like, even if I don't know where David and Goliath is in the Bible, can you respect me as I learn? Um, Even if I'm not doing you know something great can you respect me as I learn um for instance like I did like cooking things for like the residents on my floor and they didn't care they wanted to go with tall ass Hannah and go knitting 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're, you're knitting over food, but they didn't even <laughs> respect me yeah. in that, you know? Um, so, I mean, just overall, like my expectation was that, okay, I, I, it's ignorant to say like, we're equals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would think that in a Christian space, you know, where we're on level ground, and especially if you're giving me a position of authority or a position where I can support people that you would at least be supporting me. And there was little to none of that. Yeah. What did your face look like that year? Gosh, I think that was the start of me just kind of like falling away. Mm. Um, (laughs) so, um, so you might remember this, but I never used to curse Mm. like ever, never, ever used to curse. I was squeaky clean. Um, but literally I was sitting with my friend, Anna, um, and like, this was after like some really crazy situation had happened. And I was just really hurt, but I was trying to like put on this facade of like, I'm fine. You know, I can do all things through Jesus. Like, this is okay. Um, and she was just like, no, tell me how you really feel. And I was just like, no, I'm fine. I promise. She was like, shut up. How do you really feel? And I was like, this is fucking shitty, man. I hate this bullshit. Everybody's just like, bitches like I'm sick of this shit and I just like let every curse word I knew just fly out of my mouth um and like literally like cried and sobbed in her car for I don't know how long but just like really just got all of that off my my chest which you know in Christian spaces is like that's the worst thing like how dare you say bad words but like that was the first moment in like that terrible year that I felt calm I felt heard and seen and affirmed Mm. and you know something as minute as fucking curse words you know um but led to so much healing and I felt that if I am loved by God and cursing helped me to feel better in this really terrible situation it's not a big deal And so from that on, from then on, I was cursing like a sailor (laughs) and I was fine with it Yeah, because it was so healing and restorative for me in that moment and continues to be. So if something's shitty, I'm going to say it's shitty, you know, like, and I can try to hold my tongue in church to not, you know, harm the virgin ears of people, but like, no, like for me and myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to break this rule um, if it's allowing me to continue in a healthy way. So yeah, yeah, that was probably like the biggest thing that led to me just like, not all of this is right. Yeah. So that during that awful year of you being an RA, that really started leading you into questioning a lot more than just, um, a lot more than just swearing a lot. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Yes. Yes. So many examples and just seeing people's ignorance. I was just like, are we reading the same book right now? Cause like y'all real racist, (laughs) y'all, y'all are real scary. Um, I remember people who were afraid to go to the Chipotle 
around the corner because they were like, oh my God, is that the hood? I was like, baby girl, if there's a Chipotle, you are not in the hood. (laughs) Like that is Cicero Ave. I don't know. That is not the hood. If you're at a Chipotle, (laughs) you're safe. You're fine. Um, but like just that ignorance. Like if you love God and and God tells you to love people, why are you afraid to go two blocks south? Mm -hmm. No, you're dumb. Um, so but like those things and we were in college when the last president was elected and that was a shit show. Yeah. Um, and like fucking people ride around in their pickup trucks with flags. I'm just like, he's a bigot. Mm-hmm. He makes fun of people who have disabilities. He's, he doesn't respect women. And you call yourself this Christian person and you're identifying him as some sort of Christian person. And I don't agree with either one of you guys. How can I fit in this equation if I'm also a, a Christian person? Like, no, no, like we are not the same. And that's where I really had to start saying like, no, if, if that's, if you want to put that person and Jesus in the bed together, that's really gross. And I don't think that would actually happen. So, yeah. Yeah. It was something I saw at Trinity where I think this isn't just a Trinity. This is a lot of places where it's, it's seen as Christian equals a very specific type of culture and yeah. it is not open to really any other type of culture. It's, yeah. it's very, very exclusive culturally. And um, that was a culture shock for me, like in the UP, that wasn't part of, part of my growing up. And I think for a lot of my closer friends at Trinity, I think we found a lot of solidarity in that because it just didn't even make, it didn't make sense to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely remember um, when, because I was an RA the year after you were an RA Mm -hmm. and um, I had applied, I didn't get it. And then um, a month before freshmen were supposed to arrive on campus, I got a call and said like, hey, we're adding a whole new floor. Will you be an RA for this floor? Yes, I remember that, yes. (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, like that sounds great. And you know, I'll think about it. But I also remember part of that conversation was was ResLife saying, these are a lot of the girls on your floor have registered very late and it's an extremely diverse floor. And I want you to know that because it will surely be an extremely difficult floor. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, did they just say that to me? And, yes. And, and you have like the coolest floor. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I remember talking to my friends about that and being like, that's like, really inappropriate that they said that really not not okay and um I remember I got a lot of extra care because my floor was quote-unquote going to be the difficult one and I also remember that was like the most life-giving year for me because Mm -hmm. I learned so much from that floor it was a more diverse floor than most other floors and it also was one of the closest floors and yeah. one of the like more honest floors that I was very, very thankful for. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think just to affirm your experience that like you can, when you are in a leadership position, you definitely see 
how an institution sees people um, much more clearly than I think in any other um, position. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was really saddening for me, but also really cool to later be like, guys, like this isn't the difficult floor. It's actually like a really beautiful floor, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I add one story in that just fucks with my brain? Go for it. Um, So, okay. You remember how Trinity had like different food style nights? Like every so often there was an Asian night, a Mexican night, and like, you know, they would do like the Dutch nights and whatever dumb shit they would do. They only ever did a soulful night food night during um, Black History Month. Mm. So like, whereas like they could have yeah. fit it in like sporadically every so often, it was only during Black <laughs> History Month, and they would have the Black kitchen workers prepare the food. Um, and so I can't remember if this was the year I was an RA though. I think it was, or maybe it was shortly after. Um, but one of the girls on my floor, it was the soul food night, the one soul food night of the year. Um, and I had got my soul food tray. I was talking to the black kitchen workers. I was like, girl, thank you. I need this for my spirit. We get our food. Um, I made sure to get my red punch from the soda machine just cause you know, red Kool-Aid, all of that, just the cultural things that made me feel happy. Um, and one of my residents or former residents sat down with me at the table. I want to say it was mostly black people at the table, but none of her friends were in the cafeteria. So she wanted to join. Um, and she sat down and it was the black people with the black food, quote unquote. Um, and she looks at me and she's just like, are you really eating that right now? I was like, yes. And she was like, oh, I just didn't take you as a person who ate that type of food what (laughs) are you what what type of food are you talking about it's collard greens and cornbread and macaroni and cheese and I think they had peach cobbler it wasn't even anything extreme great food (laughs) exactly but like to eat that food yeah but she was just like oh my god I just was so shocked that you would eat like this I was just like, okay, you can leave at any point. <laughs> weird interaction. Yes, but literally this white girl was astonished that me, a Black person, was eating the soul food on the one soul food night that they had in the whole entire school year, the whole entire calendar year. Um, and that just fucked with my brain that like I'm in a space and like I'm eating food that makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you had the nerve to come and comment on this dish. That's not loving. That's not caring. What 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 was the goal of this? Right. And I feel like that and was. you were feeling at home in that time. Like you yes. felt that comfort from that food. Yes. Why would she need to like take that away? That doesn't make yes. any sense. But that was my that's that sums up the experience of trinity everything i would do would be undercut or undermined or like oh my god like you're black what like Mm -hmm. yeah no shit um so yeah it was a shitty ass time and but led to me just inching away further and further from anything christian related when you were at trinity and you kind of it seemed like you kind of started to equate Christianity with that like really extreme white culture 
how did that kind of like work for you when you went back home, like over the summers or holidays and stuff? Yeah. Um, so into your Christian spaces that weren't as white. Yeah. So for one, it really just, if anything, it was a a racial awakening for me in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, so just kind of learning that not every white person is your friend, not every white person, Christian or otherwise, has your well-being in mind. Um, but then also, I would say when I went home, um, I was just around a lot of really genuine Christian people um, because I did internships, I did different service projects and different volunteer work or community-based work that was like, we are, you know, trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus, like very practical things um, that honestly shaped, you know, my views now to this day, like living in communities where people need people, living in spaces or living amongst people where like you can be a benefit. Um, You know, like since I'm a teacher, like my community, I always let people know as I see them walking up and down the street, hey, if you need a tutor for your kids or like if you ever need support with your students or something like that, don't hesitate to just walk down here and reach out to me, um, those kind of things. And when I was away from Trinity outside of that bubble, we did those things. We did those practical things of helping the literal refugees who were in the area, helping them learn English, helping them navigate social systems that are just ridiculously complex. It was the hands and feet. Um, And so like, that was kind of, it was those practical Christian spaces that helped affirm me that, you know, people at Trinity are just dumb. It's just Trinity. Um, You know, like I can keep going. I won't, you know, fully disassociate, you know? Um, So it was those kind of things that were just like affirming and encouraging. And then I get to Trinity and get the shit kicked out of me. And then I go home and be like, okay, this is affirming and encouraging. It'd give you kind of the fuel to keep going for a little bit. Yes, yes. But Trinity was not any type of fuel for you. Not at all. Not at all. It's the worst experience of my life, for sure. I can see that. Um, What, do you have anything you want to share about your last two years at Trinity before you kind of moved on from that space? Um, No, outside of there's like, I found peace and refuge outside of that Christian bubble. Like I was constantly at friends' houses or doing anything off campus that I could. If I was on campus, I was in my room, not talking to anyone. Um, The people I cared about knew I cared about them. Um, But like, I wasn't someone who was just like, oh, let me just like be in your face. Like let me move around. I was no longer like that. I was secluded. And like, even, you know, we didn't see each other that much, the latter part of our experience, but that was because I was just in hiding, just trying to like survive. And that was the other thing I really wanted to transfer, but because I transferred in so many like advanced credits and everything by like my sophomore year, like I had like, uh, what was it? 98 credits, almost a hundred credits. And like, if I would have transferred anywhere, most of those would have gone wiped. Mm -hmm. And so I was literally just stuck. So give me my degree and get me out of here. Yeah. Where did you, 
you found refuge in your room. Are there any other spaces that you found refuge when you were at downtown Chicago? Literally <laughs> anywhere, anywhere else in the city yeah. was great. Anywhere specifically where it was not predominantly white mm-hmm. or affluent, even take me to the hood, give me a sketchy ass taco, and I was happy. So no Chipotle. No Chipotle, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. So when you finally left Trinity and got out of there, what was that like for you spiritually? That's a hard question. Um, so I was spiritually dry um, leaving Trinity, um, which I was just kind of like, this is a season, you know, like whatever little thing I could do. But I started going to a church that had I was always planning on attending once I, you know, returned to St. Louis, but I got there and it felt like a click, Mm. you know? And I would say like, honestly, like upon entering church spaces, my big thing was just like being with people who cared for me or at least, you know, people who were good people, you know, that I didn't find that Trinity And I looked up to this like really cool church that had like young people and all this stuff. Um, But I got there and they were just kind of like, who are you? I was like, I've been visiting on and off for the last four years. I promise I'm cool. And they just did not give a shit about me. You know, like I do have some really strong people that I met there, but the church as a whole was just trashy. Um, And then that was also starting my teaching profession. I was going through a lot. And it seemed like no one really even understood who I was. No one even cared. No one in Christian spaces. Let me be specific on that. Um, But that was where I was struggling because, okay, like I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be doing all these things. Be happy, hunky-dory. But when it came down to it, it was the non-Christian people who cared for me more than anyone else. You know, it was my friends who... Um, identified as agnostic and like did drugs every weekend and by drugs I mean like the hard shit (laughs) Um, but like they were just like the most loving and caring people ever Um, yeah and I was just like I love you guys but for some reason I feel like as a Christian I'm not supposed to like you but you guys care for me really really well and like the church I'm going to like they barely even know my name they keep asking me if I'm a new member I'm like I've been here <laughs> yeah. um so that that was kind of the start of it all um of just kind of like uh, I I just don't know the spiritual dryness never went away and I just kept saying like I'm gonna keep trying I'm gonna keep trying I'm gonna keep trying and it was pointless. It was futile. Futile. So, yeah. yeah. When did you come to that? Finally, that understanding of it really was futile. Hmm. So honestly, recently, hmm. um, this past October, this past like fall winter was really my like breaking point and it's it's been coming like it's it's been like a window that keeps getting a new crack in it every so often and like literally just in the last few months has it actually shattered um so like quick examples um the my favorite church that I was really excited about going to um 
I broke my ankle two years ago. And when I was in the hospital, there was a church member there every single day. Like, how can we pray for you? How can we support you? I was like, yeah, that's great. Um, but it was a really bad ankle break. And I was in the, I was in a wheelchair and I lived on the first floor of a building, but it had like six steps getting into it. Um, so once I was in the building, I was like literally homebound because I can't just send the wheelchair flying down the steps. Um, and th- I also lived literally not even a block away from the church. I could look out of my living room window and see the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one came to visit me once I was out the hospital. Yeah. And so I'm like, especially on Sundays, I'm like, y'all could walk here. Like, right. right like, here. You know, I'm just, you know, staring at y'all outside my window. Um, and no one cared, you know? And so like, those were things where I was just like, I don't feel like this is Christ-like. I don't feel like this is what Jesus would do. Um, and I just felt isolated and abandoned, um, by the people who I was, who were supposed to care for me. And then, um, other little things happened, but more recently, um, and this is kind of for me, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I had a birthday party, um, in October and at this party, I invited some college students. I should probably be careful how I talk about this. Um, but I invited some college students because I had been volunteering at a local college, um, it, for this Christian group, this Christian ministry, and it was sponsored. It had its lead sponsors were two white women. They had a black male pastor, a part of it, and then a um, and then they invited me to come and support those students so that they could have black representation because it was a predominantly black group. Um, so got really close with those college students. Invited them to my house for my birthday party. Um, they knew full well. Hey, hey, it's my birthday party. This is not a church space. It's going to be grown folk doing what grown folk do. Mm-hmm. So um, I told them, if you're 21 up, I don't care if you drink. Like, I don't care. Do you? You guys are adults. Um, but I also had, and some people brought marijuana edibles, which is like really frowned upon, apparently. <laughs> um But um, a young lady, a part of this college group, had an edible. Another young lady got extremely um, drunk and went into, we didn't realize she had bipolar disorder, but went into a complete manic episode. Um, And it was just, it was, it turned into a terrible situation. Um, But this Christian ministry at the local college heard about all of this and pretty much excommunicated me. and they were just like, how dare you expose these, they didn't say children, but these young people to drugs and alcohol. And how dare you do all this stuff? And I was just like, I would have never heard about drugs or alcohol without you. Exactly. It was <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm this drug peddling, just hedonist. Like mm. what? But like literally all that work that I did caring for those, those college students and even like several of them different one like I knew they smoked weed if they needed a safe place to do it and didn't want to get caught up at their dorm they would come here and smoke weed like we had those connections because I don't think your salvation is dependent on your you know whether or not you can pass a drug test I don't care about those things but the leaders of that ministry 
never created like a safe space for those students to talk about it. So they would do that shit with me. But the second that like a severe incident did occur, um, they were just like, you can't, you know, be a Christian when you feel like it, you have to be a Christian in all these spaces. I was like, I was like, those students were safe and supported. Even the girl that wound up going to the hospital, like I did everything I could to keep her safe. Like, um, all of this is to say, like just being shunned by the church that I cared for and then literally like banned from the Christian group of college students that I was supporting because of basic ass things that were out of my control. And even the things that were in my control are up to them. They're adults and can do what they want. I was just like, no one is loving me. This isn't community. This isn't safety. This isn't whatever the perks of being a part of a church are supposed to be. And everyone in a church has been shitty to me for so long, you know, like going all the way back to even when I was in high school and like learning church just as a whole. Um, I still think back on those times overall fondly, but there was so much crap that was just toxic and hurt people. And I'm just like, I don't want to be a part of a group that hurts people. I don't want to be a part of a group that for one votes for people or has their politics laying in bed with their faith. I don't want to be a part of a group that is just through and through ugly and hateful. And anyone who knows me knows that I care about people. I want to be present with people and help people who need help and love people who need love. And if you're going to look at me and disqualify me for whatever reasons, you know, because I'm not in the in crowd, because I'm not wearing the latest, you know, church mom outfit, because I'm not, um, you know, because I use drugs, oh God, you know, if you're going to discount who I am in my heart for loving people, which I think the Bible affirms, then screw you. Like, I would rather be off on my own and happy than trying to fit myself into these spaces where you are constantly trying to change and alter who I am to make me just as hateful as you are. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Do you have a faith identity now? Right now, I would say my faith identity is it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I still firmly, I still rock with Jesus, but I don't rock with like the white American, like AR-15 gun told in Jesus, like, no, no, no. I rock with Jesus that was flipping tables in the temple. Um, I rock with Jesus who was sitting with a woman at the well who he should not have been sitting with. Like, I feel like Jesus would be so anti everything. Um, I also feel like Jesus would be like, hey, yo, we got to take care of this planet. Like, yeah, like you ain't got solar panels on your house. What you doing, homeboy? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Jesus would care so much about those things and he would be so radical. And I feel like legitimately the modern day church would hate Jesus and they pretend like, oh, no, we would love him. Like, he's the lover of our souls. Fuck that shit. Like, no, you you barely care about anything that is beyond your immediate family or beyond your wallet. Um And so, no, I would not consider myself a Christian. I wouldn't identify as a Christian just because that label of Christianity is legitimately just so ugly. Um, But 
I can't discredit where I've come from through trying to learn about the person of Jesus, not the mythical Jesus, the actual personage of Jesus. Um, And again, like going all the way back to my beginning, being plagued with depression and now being free for the most part of that, I can't discredit that either, you know? Um, And that was through Christian lens. And like, I used Christian outlets to, to, you know, cry out in a lot of ways through a lot of that pain. Um, And so I can't identify as Christian just because of what it's, it is. And I feel like it should really be Christianity incorporated, like put that little mm. I and C at the end. Cause it's ultimately just a business. I don't rock with that, but Jesus is pretty cool. I really like, um, Buddhism. I really like just thought thinkers, like anyone who's thinking and trying to understand this experience, which is so damn unique. Um, I'm with it. So it is what it is. I, I don't care about anything and I'm not trying to fit into anyone's box. Right. Well said. Um, I know earlier we kind of talked about some ways that you could speak to how sexuality has, how faith has um, affected your relationship to sexuality. Do you have anything you'd like to share about that? Yeah. Um, it's it, okay. So that's really interesting for me because, like I said, I was raised culturally Christian. Um, but like not in the realm of sexuality at all. Like my mom could have cared less if I was like 12 and like on a stripper pole, like, mm. like sexuality was not something she cared about. She just never wanted me to get pregnant before the end of high school. Yeah. Um, but like then kind of throughout high school, I guess, you know, like that puberty phase and being in a Christian setting, it was so like, oh my God, purity. Oh my gosh. You know? And like, even like thinking about like other forms of sexual orientations, I was, I never was like, I was just like, it doesn't bother me. Why do y'all care about that so much? Mm. But I was like, I guess I need to not approve of, of this stuff. I guess this should bother me. Um, and it was just, and I, I don't know. So ultimately, for me and thinking about how my lens of sexuality has shifted, I went from like, being that person who's like, I'm going to value my virginity and it's going to be a prize for the lucky man who wipes me up to now. I'm just like, Hey, yo, what's popping? Like <laughs> you free tonight. What's good. Um, I've been a hoe lately and I'm proud of me for that, you know, because if I would have told 18, 19 year old me that like 26, 27 year old me is out here just being a thought, I would be appalled but I'm happy to know where I am currently. Um, and then even to thinking about um, Lil Nas's most recent video. Yeah. I was watching that and I was just like, should this be bothering me right now? Cause it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, that stripper pole, like he's talented, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I was just like, true. for people who were like, so up in arms, I was like, y'all weird. Mm. Um, and I just think that who cares what anyone does? Like, is it loving someone? Is it supporting someone? If the answer to any of those is no, 
then like get out of here and I mean very tangibly and practically because you'll have people be like well I'm loving them by telling them about their sin screw you that's not what we're talking about like are you paying bills by telling them about their sin no okay Mm -hmm. then get out of here um so I just think overall with sexuality I've come from this very rigid place of um of like oh, it's so sacred. And, oh, well, let me try to, you know, judge people based on what they do in the bedroom to now. It's just like, does it matter? I don't think it does. Mm. Just be yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so you've definitely come kind of a long way from your original faith roots. Do you have anything that you're especially thankful to leave behind? I know we've talked about that a lot, but as we're kind of landing at the end now, what would you like to say about that? Yeah, I am thankful to be out of a box that I never fit in. Mm. Um, I think more to that is I'm thankful that I can be me. And even though like I wouldn't identify as a Christian, Um, And even I think kind of my respect to Jesus is changing Um, and just kind of like, really like, what is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Why is Jesus? All those questions are just kind of like up in the air. But regardless of what those answers are, I'm just kind of like, he cool or whatever, or even she cool or whatever, you know, like nothing matters, but everything matters. Um, and we can be okay in that space. It's it's fine to be on this journey and figuring it out. And like I said, like my glass just recently shattered in this. You know, I was constantly just like, well, I'll give it more time. It's just a season. No, no, like I'm a destroying the season. Exactly. Like I'm sick of it. No, I'm destroying the box. I'm out of it. I'm gonna do what I feel, do what I need for me, and I'm going to be happy. But I, my thing too, is I'm pretty intentional about calling this shit shit out now. Um, I'm going to call out institutions that are perpetuating hurtful ideologies and ideologies that are based in patriarchy and white supremacy um, and anything that is oppressive. And unfortunately, so much of that is Christianity. And so you can say like, I'm targeting Christianity, though I'm not, I'm targeting the systems that Christianity has, you know, how detailed do we want to be? I think that Christianity has created to benefit itself in so many ways, um, but also that Christianity just is complicit with, and no, I'm over the shits, you know? So it's, it's complicated, but I'm happy to be out of a box I never fit in. Yeah, I'm happy for you. It is very telling if you start calling out patriarchy or racism. It's very shortly after, or you're very shortly after accused of like <laughs> hating Christianity and like tearing down Christianity. And I've always been like, hmm, if that's if that's what your reaction is, then I think we need to look at the bigger picture there. Yeah, like there's a deeper <laughs> issue, hun. Like you yeah. need to work through that. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I'm thankful for your intention in that. 
Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you miss about the box? Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, I miss, and I still know I need community. Mm-hmm. Um, church was easy. I think that's why so many people are still in church so heavily is that it's nice to have a network of people that you can even just have consistent small talk with, um, people that you can try to have some sort of a shared experience with, um, and those different things and those different elements. And I want that. And I really need that. Um, but I don't need that in a, in the context of something hurtful and hateful. I need that in a context of like, I don't know, like, can we get a drink and talk about the shit that's going on and affirm one another? But it's hard to do. It's hard to just find groups of people who are willing to do that so consistently. Um, I mean, I I think I, I have, well, I don't think I have a friend who goes to this bar really often and they just like, that is their church essentially. Like as she describes it to me, like, they just sit and they talk and they have a great time. But I'm also like, you guys are kind of functional alcoholics, but do you boo boo? <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, that's her church and that's her community. And I don't know where to find that. I don't want to be that weirdo that finds that at work. You know, I want to, I want to have some sort of like community based community, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of the hardest transitions out of the turd out of the churches, figuring out mm-hmm. how to have that community. Right. When I first started this podcast, I really wanted to know um, what people around my age would like to say to those who are older and are worried about young people leaving the church. And I'd love to know what you'd have to say about that. I would say, <laughs> um, what I have to say I would say they should watch the movie get out Mm. but pretend like it's Christianity and not racism that's the real predators um I would say just wake up um don't be afraid to leave something just because it's comfortable don't be afraid to leave something just because it's tradition or it's what you know like ask yourself is this really serving you And for one, if it's serving you, then you need to look at those things of like, how are other people affected by this? You know, if you're the head pastor of somewhere and you're like, this is, you know, this is great for me, but you have like this mansion and all these like super luxury cars, you literally are being served by oppressive um, ideologies and you might need to actually really get to the root of some of those things. So, I mean, ultimately for the older folks that are concerned about, hey, why are the young people leaving the church? Hey, we out here just trying to love people. We trying to save the planet so that there is a planet. I'm not trying to burn up in the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm trying to just respect people and be a good person. And I can't do that with this social system that tells me to hate every little thing. Um, If I go to hell for voting for abortion, send me to hell on the poll that Lil Nas was on. Like, (laughs) you know, like I will take that. Um, But I don't think that that's an issue that God has ultimately cared about. I think he's cared about how are we caring about people? Yeah. What a great way to wrap up. Thank you so much for your very 
very gracious and honest words. I think that a lot of people are going to identify with what you have to say. So I'm thankful that you were willing to say that to me in this space and um, share that with the, with everyone else. So I would love to see you in LA sometime. Hopefully you can come visit soon. Yes. Um, I feel like we could do seven more episodes. So we'll just have to do those in person at some point. Yes, let me know, girl. Yes, I appreciate it. Okay, have a wonderful rest of your night and take care. Thanks. Bye.